You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. And welcome back to the Oz Network. We are trucking on through with our, our rewatch of season one of Nip's Hut. And uh, we're now into episode nine of the first season, which is so- Sophia Lopez part two. First aired on uh, 23rd of September 2003. My name's Nick. And um, once you've been through my bedroom calisthenics, you'll feel the burn for days. And my name is Ben, and this is the worst girls' night I've ever had. <laughs> right, Ben, I think we're in for some, well, certainly a lot to talk about in this episode. It's hopefully not going to get quite as deep as the last one, but uh, there's there's no shortage to get into here. So um, I hope you're looking forward to, uh, you're strapped in for this one, well, so to speak. Uh, it's a little bit lighter in a lot of aspects, I feel, uh, you know, some. Uh, I guess there's more lighter aspects, aspects, I'm sounding like you now, aspects of this episode um, than there was in our last episode. And um, Well, it couldn't get much heavier, no, to be fair. No, exactly. Uh, but, I mean, there's definitely some interesting things for sure in this episode. And Meryl's back, so we always get excited for a bit of bobble it, don't we? Absolutely, yeah. I never say no to a bit of bobble it. <laughs> Who does? No, exactly, yeah. Right, oh, well, um, well, we'll kick off into it. And uh, I'm quite interested because um, obviously I'm doing this rewatch through my uh, my DVD set. And uh, I'm interested to know, Ben, if the copy you've got had a, had a previously on Nip Tuck, because mine didn't. It went straight into the, the kind of cold open. I will be 100% honest with you, Nicholas, and say that I have not been watching this off a DVD because I uh, sadly sold my DVDs in the last six months to make some money. So I have been watching this off um, certainly acquired episodes via online. And can I just say, mine did have a previously on Nip Tuck at the beginning of it. <laughs> right, okay, well, that's interesting. You'll have to fill me in if there's anything interesting there. This isn't a show that kind of has, well, I don't think that has really critical stuff in there previously on it. You know, it might just focus a little bit on whoever this episode's going to be about. But other than that, you don't see a whole lot that's that's super important. At least I don't think so. Yeah, it's it's. I agree. It's kind of, you generally don't get something that's not like if, you know, you missed it, you have to see that section. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it's it's weird now, I guess, in the golden age of TV that we live in at the time of recording this, it's, it's just, it's a staple. It's more so a case of a previously we need to know because of the whole binge watching and all that sort of stuff as opposed to a, you know, even a title sequence. So it's kind of, you know, that that's kind of what we get now, more so these days. Whereas, yeah, I mean, Nip Tuck, as much as it does fall into that category of, you know, watch it every week, there's ongoing storylines, it still is kind of a show, particularly that, you know, main, main so, of course, in this season, at least, I would say that it's not a huge big deal if maybe you miss an episode or two in between. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, it's there are some shows where I think it is important to see the previously on. I mean, you and I both coming from a bit of a survivor background, and I think there's a lot of really important information about what's going to happen in this particular episode that you get through that previously on. But, you know, I think scripted shows are a wee bit different, and um, you know, Nip Tuck's not one that really focuses on stuff in that one. So we can uh, we can carry on there, really. Um, I don't think I've missed too much by not having one in mind. So, um, obviously, we're... Uh, this is going to be quite a, a, a heavy Christian episode and, and, you know, what's going on in his personal life. And um, we kick off straight away where he's, you know, at the spa and being chatted up by the by the girl at the spa and, and you know, he's getting the big grin on his face as he does. And, um, you know, before anything happens, Kimber shows up. Yes, and we learn the uh, ability of Kimber knowing how to spell her love of her life's name. <laughs> I just, yeah, yeah, I yeah. love that Christian scene, Lepage. the KT. Oh, has it yeah. always been that way? <laughs> I think it's quite an interesting um, kind of break 
from what we've seen from Kimber so far? Because I, I've, I mean, I don't know about you, but I've never really got the impression that Kimber's been like you know a a dumb blonde to put it one way or another. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't think really been something that they've focused the show on up until this point. Yeah, I agree. She's, I mean, she's. And I, I would argue maybe that's not necessarily... This might be the only episode, really, that she's at points shown as the dumb blonde. I mean, she she kind of, I guess you could almost go with the Matt, hashtag poor Kimber, but I would argue Kimber is definitely... Whereas Matt, it's kind of questionable, like, oh, does he do that to himself? Kimber, I mean, she does do it to herself. She, you know, there's no questioning a lot of her logic with things, but... At the same time, I, I don't necessarily feel that Kim is ever portrayed as the dumb blonde. I mean, this is a, a rare example of it. And, I mean, maybe I'm forgetting about some future episodes where she is. But I, I think that kind of that's what's so good about her character is that you would automatically assume she's going to be that dumb blonde, but not necessarily. She holds her own for, you know, all of her, I guess, um, downsides to her character and her, you know, being so naive and kind of just so whisked away by men and money and douche guys with baseball bats who are bashing glass tables. Um, you know, she's still, I think, a very strong, independent woman who just has a few things every now and then that kind of are her undoing. Yeah, and I mean, we certainly don't get the impression that she's a, you know, a rocket scientist either. But, yeah. we, you know, there's definitely not not this whole thing that she's a dumb blonde. That's not something that goes on here. So I think it's probably just, you know, it's something to kind of get the, you know, maybe just hide what's going to happen at the end of the episode a little bit that you don't expect her to kind of turn the way she does at the end of this episode. Mm. But um, we're bearing the lead here a little bit because obviously, we're, as, we've, as we've said, this is a Meryl episode and, and uh, he's in here early, you know, having a discussion with Christian and, you know, one thing leads to another and, you know, he's ready to, to swap her for... Uh, his blue Lamborghini, <laughs> which is just like just like classic, you know, like the whole thing is just so funny, um, you know. <laughs> I mean, I don't really know what else to say. It's just, it's just this is classic Nip Tuck, really. Yeah, it's it's so good. And I remember, you know, in our Joey Slotnick interview available via the Oznetwork dot net and on iTunes, uh, we, I sort of brought that up to him about the fact, you know, he's he's kind of this douchey character who's willing to trade a car for a woman you know he's he's, he's the guy that wants everything you know because he's he's so focused on sort of the money and the fame aspect and again he's got shortcomings he's not you know nowhere near as good looking as christian so he's got to make up for it in certain ways but you know he can be a real dickhead can't he like when he's like when there's a towel on the chaise it's spoken for <laughs> like he really has to overcompensate for the fact that he's not the most attractive guy he's a bit of a douche and unlike Christian, where I guess deep down in Christian, he's a, you know, a decent human being. I think, you know, Meryl's kind of, he's always that one who he overcompensates. And like, you know, we learn obviously later on with him that, you know, he's obviously has reasons for how he is. But yeah, it's it's kind of, it's interesting how he goes. But I just love this whole situation where it's like, you know, first of all, he's like, I'll give you two women for the price of one. Like, that's really going to entice Christian Troy. Like, I mean, he could have five women at once if he wants at that point. But then it's like the car. And then the real turning point is when the woman he's been flirting with a second ago, what's like, your girlfriend wants to double check. It's a C, not a K. Like, she's literally still double checking to get it correct. And can I just, yeah, can I just yeah. point out, as a guy, guy to guy here, Nick, your girlfriend, if she's getting your initials in her pubic hair, is that going to do anything for you? Like, I'm sorry, that's not doing anything for me. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a hard pass from me there. It's uh, <laughs> not something that I'm really into, I've got to be honest. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing, but okay, it's cute, it's whatever. But um, yeah, it's it's such a, it's it's pretty, a fun start of the episode. 
yeah, what I will say, it's very Kimber. You oh, know, yeah. I think that's probably the thing about it. It, it totally fits her character, so it, you know, it's really good. But um, like you say, it is a fun start to this this season and um, oh, this episode. And what I can, you know, we've probably had a lot in this these last few episodes. It's been very, very heavy, and so it's nice to kind of start things off with something that's just like completely frivolous, and you know, you completely pass it over. And um, I'm probably previewing a little bit of what I'm going to think about this episode at the end. But you know, there's a lot of kind of very light stuff in this episode that you know doesn't really feature going forwards it's just it's there and you know it's it's fun to have it all the same yeah i agree and it's kind of again sort of forward thinking for this episode and i think you kind of touched on a little bit before about sort of the unexpected way this ends with kimber and i think kind of on the grand scheme of things is really this episode kind of only really sells kimber's character and develops her a little bit moving forward whereas yeah i mean a lot of this stuff you know, and again, it's kind of it's it's not that it's a terrible episode, but it's still there's there's stuff in here that really, on the grand scheme of Nip Tuck in season one, again we're way getting ahead of ourselves. It sounds like we're reviewing this episode already, but it's it's like, you know, it's it's almost like a side episode in the fact that we've just had such a very heavy episode, and we kind of need to lighten it slightly. Again, there's still some heavy stuff in this episode to talk about, but it's it's yeah, you know, think- the percentage weighing of the lightness versus the dark is a lot more swayed to the light and the dark in this episode. Yeah, I think, and I think you've probably hit the nail on the head there by saying that it's we have to light things up after what we've just been through. If you start getting darker after that, then I think people will start turning on the show. I think you got to a point where you've really invested people in in these characters, and you've done a good job of that. But you do need to kind of just back off a little bit, and you know, let the fun come through on the show a little bit. And you know, one of the episodes that you and I debated and, and thought a little bit differently about a couple going back was uh you know the whole one with the with the swingers club and things like that and i quite enjoyed that it was you know a little bit light and you know some kind of crazy sex which is what you expect from a show and you know i think you do need that side of the show otherwise it becomes too heavy and one of the things i really like about nip tuck is that it doesn't take itself too seriously like it has these really really important things happening but then it also is able to poke fun at itself a little bit too and it it, it doesn't try and say oh you know plastic surgeons are actually amazing people and look at all the wonderful things they do they're not afraid to kind of go you know that you know these guys are pretty shallow at times and you know let's let's laugh at them and, and laugh with them at times too and it's i guess it's also hard in their field isn't it to they're going to come across some weird scenarios and, and more so than like if you're just doing i mean look a lot of medicine you're going to come across with weird scenarios i mean but i guess kind of like say comparing this to say what er you know i mean yeah you had sort of your silly fun storylines in er but for a room, for a show that's based around the emergency room, you know, this is a kind of a pretty serious place. You know, every now and then you're going to have a silly thing come in. But, like, I mean, this one, it's kind of definitely on the other side of that, isn't it? It's like plastic surgery, it's it's not necessarily always serious because, you know, it's kind of, as you said, like seen as sort of like a shallow industry. But, you know, from all the serious side of things, you're going to get, you know, your Michael Jackson impersonator coming in and, and things like that, you know. So it's kind of that's where you can have the fun with it and more so than you could, I think, on a lot of other medical shows. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So I think, you know, carrying on to our, our next scene is, um, you know, we're back with Sophia Lopez, and I'm not quite sure how you feel about this, but I think it's a bit of a cheat to do a, a second episode on the same the same patient. I know it's a, it's a big case and it's an interesting case, but it's interesting that she got the title card again for the second episode and obviously this is going to set up all the stuff that happens between her and Liz during this episode um, and you know like, one of the things I really like about this scene is how clumsy Sean is as well yeah. like it's just he's, he's, he's so funny in this scene as well yeah it's it's I, I think I'm probably the same with you about it it's, it's nothing against the character Sophia Lopez I just think we 
pretty much got what we needed to in the first episode. There's not a whole lot. I mean, what do we get out of this? Is that, you know, as, as somebody who's about to go through this massive change, she has, you know, differing things. I mean, yeah, can't we kind of get this sweet sort of storyline about Liz being lonely? And I mean, I think maybe that could have been developed in a little bit different way. It's, if anything, it kind of, it, I don't know. I don't know how this sounds, but it kind of like questions sort of some people going through this, you know, big life change, like transgender individuals. Like, I mean, are they that willing to change their mind just because they have a one night thing with somebody who they're not necessarily involved in? You know, I mean, isn't that just called college and getting drunk? Like, I mean, you know, it's kind of, is that really willing for her to just say, no, I don't want to get this done to me. So it's, it's strange. It's, it's kind of, it's it's a weird thing that we yeah. and, and and of all the characters that we've had, if you were to say let's have a second episode on their name, uh, you know, Sophia Lopez. Like, I'm not saying don't bring her back in some capacity, but do do we need to have her this episode called up? Like, wouldn't this be better to be like Megan O'Hara part two? Like, bring a surgery from last episode into this one because she's more of a character than Sophia Lopez is. Like, yeah, it's it's kind of a strange, strange, uh, you know, choice that they did with that. Yeah, and I think that there's a lot to unpack there in what you've just said, and I think one of the big things that I really struggle with is that, you know, I obviously don't have any kind of lived experience in this in this transgender community, so it makes it really hard for me to, to kind of know what's happening here, and I think I think probably the point here is about making decisions that you can't reverse, and, you know, are you absolutely sure about this, and... Uh, as well as her first episode was handled, I think this is a bit clumsy, and I think like that that sense that you've got about you know is she willing to just you know completely change her mind on that? I kind of feel like they betray her by making it seem like she's yeah I agree so, so flippant about it, and and I'm I'm not entirely sure I'm comfortable with how they do that. Uh, you know, it just makes me feel like why did you even bring that character in in the first place? Yep. But, you know, it would be really interesting to get the perspective of somebody, you know, who has some experience with the transgender community and, and is this an accurate portrayal? Because, you know, knowing Ryan Murphy and knowing, you know, his own background and also his, you know, deep research into all, all the, the aspects of the show, I have to imagine that he's put a lot of thought into this, that this isn't just a... You're like a narrative thing to kind of get things kicked off and like you say like talk about Liz and all that kind of stuff like there is more to it than that so I have to feel that this is a, a, a very real concern of that community and it, and it's probably a concern of the perception that people have of that community as well so it, it, it's a really tricky one and Oh, I'm just not sure it was... We really stuck the landing on it. Yeah, I agree and like I guess an issue I have with it too... It's it's the it's the it's the Liz characterization. You know, Liz is portrayed as this very strong, you know, feminist, you know, lesbian, very strong character, like that sort of stuff. And but I guess Liz, and maybe this is setting up more so with Liz. She is a character that I guess is prone is you know prone to making a few sort of decisions against what she stands up for. I mean, there's a storyline built around that in the future. Um, yeah. but it's, it's yeah. interesting. And I guess kind of on the outside of things kind of going into that, it's, it's like also interesting kind of, you know, we know the episodes are named after, I guess the main surgery of that one. We get four cases. I've just quickly gone through here where we get a part two from another character. And, you know, this is the first two of the other ones are kind of based on, you know, obviously we get two Christian Troy episodes, just spoiler alert. We get two Dawn Budge 
episodes, which, uh, look, let's not spoil who that actress is, but it's a very well-known actress when it comes in, you know, a very memorable character. And then we get uh, two Alexis Stone episodes, and that's not to the sixth season. I, I can't even remember that off the top of my head. But it's kind of interesting through those that, you know, this is the first one that we get with that. You know, we don't even get, like, two Sean McNamara's. We don't get two Julie McNamara's or Matt McNamara's, you know. It's kind of... It's interesting that we kind of get that. But, um, yeah, it's kind of, I guess, setting a point where, obviously, they're not afraid to revisit these main people from an episode, and we'll see it, I guess, more so. Yeah. So, yeah, and then um, I've I've got to have a bit of a a mea culpa here that um, I made a bit of a mistake that um, the last episode I talked about, you know, Matt walking in on on Sean and and Megan, and obviously that was actually a scene that was in this episode, so apologies for getting that slightly wrong. Um, But obviously, you know, we've got the scene here where where Matt is kind of, you know, going through homework with Kara. So we're kind of following that story from last episode, which, you know, you don't always get on these shows. You know, quite often it it is just a, a thing that is one episode and done. And this is one that is continuing on, and I think it is worth following. You know, this is quite a, a massive shift for Matt, and you know, to kind of see see the second part of this, I think, is really important. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, it is, and kind of it obviously is going to play in for a little bit more moving forward. Um, but it's. I think it works well for the development of Matt. I mean, I mean, maybe we undersold that a little bit in the last episode. It was more so a base of like, oh, cool, you know, Matt is feeling guilty for the fact that he's done this, but you know, it, it's got that caring nature to Matt and it kind of plays into the poor Matt scenario, doesn't it? It's like, yeah, okay, sometimes he might fuck up. But, I mean, it's a, it's a recurring thing with Matt, isn't it? It's like, even if he may fuck up, he still ultimately has this very caring side. I mean, we see that with a future girlfriend in, I think it's like that next season, isn't it? And then, uh, obviously, when it comes to, you know, a lot, lot in the future, when it comes to, you know, him having to deal with a, a therapist person involved with him and caring for her. It's just, look, I can't really go into too much of that spoiling it for people who haven't seen Nip Duck. But, um, you know, I think it's important for him to kind of be there with her and everything. But, yeah, obviously this whole situation, though, when he walks in on on uh, on his dad with, with Megan, Megan, it's, you know, I, there's nothing untoward that we're seeing there. I mean, that just literally looks like he's examining a patient, which obviously yeah. comes into it later on. But, um yeah. Yeah, no, it's um I, I think it's important to kind of develop Matt more than anything else and, and you know, there's just that kind of throwaway scene really which I guess what they're saying is that it comes in later because Sean obviously thinks that Matt knows something that he actually doesn't. Um, so that's why that's there. But, yeah, I'm, I'm not entirely sure that it's necessary. But, um, you know, going on to our next scene and we've got, you know, Meryl and Christian come home and, you know, this whole elaborate plan to try and get get Kimber to, to fall for Meryl. And, um, yeah, it's... it's um, it, it's a fun scene, but I think the thing I take away the most is, um, you know, Kimber looks pretty good in that dress. Damn, she does. Um, yeah, it's it's fun. Like, I mean, it's but the thing is, like, you kind of just—it's so believable. You believe Christian would do something like this? <laughs> like, it's it's not out of the realms of the possibility that Christian is the type of boyfriend who legitimately would forget. Um, you know, but it's it's so well played, like, and it's well acted. Like everyone acts it so well, it's it's just very believable. But um, again, it kind of also goes onto Kimber's character, isn't it? She's very like passive. She will just accept it. You know, I mean, let's let's be honest. Imagine if this was Gina. Like Gina's not just going to accept the fact that he's forgotten. You know, like asshole. Like this is going to be a screaming match. Whereas, yeah, exactly. You know, it's kind of it's interesting, kind of going back to like right at the beginning of the episode when you know uh, Christian's saying that he's getting sick of her. But what does he say that line like? Oh, she wasn't the best sex of my life. She would be well gone. So it's it's kind of 
you know, as I think we've mentioned before about this whole overall arc of Christian and Kimber, which is just, they're so well suited to each other because it's kind of like in many aspects, Kimber is almost the female Christian in some capacity, but it's, it's kind of, she's the lead. I don't know how you would even describe that. Like it's kind of, there's so many elements of Kimber that is Christian, but, um, you know, but it's just, I just think they're so suited to each other. And it's just, again, like you could just imagine them being in that couple and they are a couple of just being that, you know, of course we know that Christian's being a complete nutter asshole and willing to trade her for a car. And it's not even a Ferrari. I mean, please Christian, if you're going to trade a trade her for a Ferrari, not a Lamborghini. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. It's, I, I, it's a fun scene, even though again, we're really not meant to be rooting for Christian in this scenario. Cause he's an asshole. He is. There we go. Ladies, if you're listening to this, we're not siding with, christian for once he is a dick at this point yeah absolutely and um but you know i think meryl's as much of a dick oh, yeah. kind of going along <laughs> well so you know i think it's, it's hard to find anybody who's sympathetic and well any anyone with a penis hashtag anyone. team kimber <laughs> hashtag feminism yeah. yeah absolutely yeah 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 so it's, it's interesting that you know we transition from there and then we head into the you know the scene with, with liz and sophia and and um yeah, I mean, uh, I'm, first time you watched this, was this what you were expecting was going to happen? No? Yeah, not at all. And it's still kind of, like, surprised. Like, I know it's coming, but I don't know. Like, I just don't know how to kind of go around this without sounding insensitive. Because this whole, it just, it just doesn't suit their characters. And But, I mean, I guess kind of as you were kind of going before, like, I mean, this might be a thing when it can, again, as somebody myself, too, that hasn't necessarily been a lot around the trans- transgender community. So, look, I don't want to sit here and speak on behalf of them and say this isn't what happens. I-, I can't tell you that. But just from an outside viewer's perspective, it just it makes me uncomfortable. Not <laughs> that anything's happening on our screen. I don't mean it to sound like that. It just makes it me uncomfortable that you've got two very strong-willed characters who are very firm in their beliefs and their rights as their individuals and standing up for themselves as individuals who are so quick to just kind of do that but like and having said that we've all been in situations i feel where you're not expecting something like that to happen and it happens and it just as kind of it's explained you know we were two lonely people who were brought together at a certain point um so i guess i'm kind of digging myself a hole here i don't know exactly what i'm trying to say but like it's it's kind of it's just you know don't get too attached to sophia because from memory we don't see her again after this episode obviously with liz we do but it's just, I don't know, like, Liz is just that hard-as-nails, strong-willed character. And it's just, when she has those moments where she kind of forgets her real beliefs, I think it's more noticeable than, say, if Christian or Sean fuck up. Because I feel Liz is more strong-willed than any of those characters and is more strong to her beliefs than any other characters. And there's only minor, you know, slip-ups along the way. I can think of maybe three that I'm thinking of in the entire series run. Whereas, you know, you would lose track of Christian and Sean's. Um, so I don't know what I'm trying to say. Save me here, Nick. I don't know if I've just dug myself a hole. <laughs> no, I think that's probably a pretty good, a pretty good way to look at it. And um, yeah, I mean, to me, I think just the whole thing just doesn't feel like it's believable. And, you know, if I'm going to try and sum it up in a, in a quick way, it just, you know, I don't buy any of it. And, you know, I've, ultimately the, the scene just doesn't work for me. And I, and look, just, I mean, on a grand scheme of things with Liz, and it's, look, in no way do I, am I saying I don't, I like Liz. Liz is a great character. Liz is fantastic. You know, she's, she's outside of the main four. 
um, you know, you would argue she is the soul of the show, you know, because just of how important she is to a lot of the storylines. But I will say she's involved in my least favourite storyline in this show, and that's not to a lot later on. We're nowhere near that yet. But I just want to point out when it gets to the storyline, and I will mention it when we get there, that is my least favourite storyline, and I cannot defend that storyline when we get to that in the future. Just pointing it out. Oh, yeah, I think we all know where we're going there. And um, the only reason I'm really even delaying talking about this is because it, once we finish, and we are about to finish, we're not going to have to talk about the worst gym scene in the history of TV. <laughs> yeah. I've just written here, oh, yay, it's Jude. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to see that you're coming around. I to, think to I my am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, this guy's not bringing anything to the table, really, is he? I mean, the, <laughs> the best part of this whole scene is... Um, is Suzanne. Oh, can I just, let's, let's just quickly, on a side note, Suzanne, we've talked about side characters. Suzanne, underrated side character. She's fun. Every time she's on, like, Suzanne's a bitch. But, like, she doesn't, yeah. she's a great bitch. She's the bitch you like. Because yes. she's just, she's just fun. I just like Suzanne whenever she's involved. And, uh, yeah, I, every time Suzanne comes on, I'm happy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, definitely not Gina quality, no. but um, you know, still, still really good. No, I mean, this this whole thing's just like nothing's like subtle about it. That's what I don't like. It's just like this whole flirting scene in the gym, and <laughs> you know, it's just like what else is there to it? It's like I guess it's setting up that you know this whole thing that he's actually you know he he's a gigolo is basically what they're going for. But I mean, come on, like as a look. I've had personal trainers before. I mean, okay, let's be honest. I've never had a really super attractive one that I'd want to lean on me and push my leg back. But, I mean, come on. Like, is that really... Like, look, maybe it does. Maybe this is what happens with attractive people in gyms, all right, people? Like, I don't know. Um, but, like, the fact he's, like, laying on top of it. Do you trust me? Like, I mean, get out of here, you dirty perv. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Another thing, like, too, if he's, like, see somebody you know that obviously doesn't like him he's not just going to like be like i'm just going to go get a smoothie while you tell her that i'm a, a prostitute like it just like the whole thing just like and i love he's how he's like i'm gonna get a smoothie my treat like what's he expecting julia to pay for it like i'm gonna get a smoothie you owe me four dollars <laughs> <laughs> yeah and 70 cents yeah. don't forget the 70 cents <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I almost feel like this is just because this is, like, you know, we're about to head into some pretty heavy stuff with, with Sean in this episode and the whole, you know, the cheating thing. Um, and, you know, I think we kind of need to have a check-in with Julia first. Like, we we can't go to that Sean stuff without having seen Julia. I don't know how you feel about that, but that's kind of what I think. Oh, uh, look, I don't know. Like, it's kind of like... <laughs> like one of these episodes where we i mean do we, do we get grace in this episode like it's kind of like they forget about grace they forget about annie like i mean julia like again i think she's what in all 100 episodes or at least credited as being in 100 episodes like she might be on the credits but not actually appearing in some episodes or i think at least season five she's not in it for some of it even though she's still credited on the main cast but yeah, this is kind of just one of those wasted ones. I mean, like, what do we ultimately achieve from Julia in this episode? Oh, Jude's a prostitute and he's not actually English. Like, I mean, do we care? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, we definitely don't. Um, well, I don't, that's for sure. Um, yeah, so I think we can carry on. And, like, this, this whole scene now where, you know, Sophia's going to get off the table and, you know, this is this is all quite cool stuff and you know i do like some of the the banter between sean and christian's pretty fun as well 
Yeah, it's um, it's. I've lost my point. Um, yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I can jump in, and you know, one of the things that I, I really like about the seat <laughs> is like when they're man, like, "Good job." <laughs> yeah, you know, when they when they kind of had this, you know. She's like, oh, I had like a sexual awakening last night. Yes, and it's like, but yes, when you yes. lived last night, like it's just like the the look on their faces is is really funny. I, I like my favorite bit of this whole bit is when kind of you know they she gets up and doesn't want to do surgery anymore. <laughs> Nurse Linda, I'm gonna go play golf. <laughs> yes, that is a good line. Yeah. Oh, it's it's fun. Um, yeah, I don't really have a whole lot. I mean, again, I think we've touched a lot on the Liz Sophia stuff already. But, uh, I mean, this obviously sets it up, don't it, for like, you know, the free afternoon. Let's go bone and, and play golf, apparently. So, there you go. Yeah, well, it feels, feels like it's basically just like a plot point, doesn't it, to get to this, like this. Uh, what is it? Is it a, no, is it a motel, a hotel room or is it her house or what? I don't know, because we kind of get that bit before. It's like, oh, we shouldn't be doing this here. It's like, so what? They've been boning at the, the offices of McNamara Troy all this time. And it's, I mean, it's, I don't know how to, to go over this scene because it's, it's sweet, but it's awkward. Like, I mean, these are these two people having an affair. Well, at least one of them's having an affair. You know, Megan's obviously single. And like, you know, look, different people go about things different way. But I surely if you're having an affair, you, your hands all over each other. But I mean, it's very kind of like relaxed, isn't it? Like, let's just get naked and jump into a bed. It's almost like they're a married couple at that point. Um, but I mean, I guess it's kind of, you never, these two are never portrayed as like, oh, can't keep our hands off each other type of love. It is, it's more of a, it's, I mean, it's a genuine love more so than a lust, I guess what I'm trying to say. But it's still kind of a, an interesting scene I find particularly when like the phone rings and you know what does he say like oh for once I want to do what I want to do and not what I have to do or something like yeah yeah and it's I I think probably the thing that the big question I've got here is like does this make you have sympathy for for Sean like because you know he's, he's cheating on his wife basically and you know like what's the What's the feeling for him? Like, if he was just like you know, boning some some you know model that he'd, he'd given uh, implants to, yeah. you'd feel a little bit differently about this. And I think that they do a really good job of you know. I think it's important for his character that it's not just any old person. Yeah, I agree. And it's it's kind of like in the future, semi spoiler alert: him and a babysitter. Like you know, it's kind of you don't really feel sorry for him at that point. Whereas like here, yeah, it's kind of it's 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 weird to think that you're watching a, a married man cheat on his wife. And in no way I feel do you ever think, oh, you asshole. Because how can you think you asshole when, like, you know, poor Megan's, like, going through this terrible ordeal? Also, you know, Julia hasn't been 100% innocent. Okay, she's only kissed Christian. and But, I mean, clearly, she wants to bone the fuck out of Jude, but just not as soon as he's a prostitute. <laughs> like, um, it's, it's kind of interesting. And, of course, you know, we know Sean assumes they're sleeping with each other based on that photo, and obviously that comes into play in a few episodes. But, um, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's kind of interesting to think that a main married character is having an affair, but we don't necessarily think you fucking asshole, hashtag Teen Julia, you know? Like, she's already capable of moaning her way out of trouble somewhere else. Yeah, and I think probably it's just trying to sell the point that he's not Christian. And, you know, and I think it's probably quite, you know, it, it must be deliberate that we didn't go into the scene where, you know, Christian's basically got Kimber at this restaurant and, like, sets it all up so, you know, that he gets paged and, and leaves and then Meryl turns up. And I think, you know, like, this is Sean and this is who he is and he's not perfect, but 
he's definitely not Christian, who's this complete asshole. And yeah. I just, the, the, the actual bit I love the most about the scene is like when he like pulls the cover off the car. Why is there know, a like, cover on the car in the first place? <laughs> so he can pull it off, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I agree with you. It's a great yeah, scene, the way he does it, he stares at it. But I'm just like, did Meryl park this car? And put a cover on it just for shits and giggles. Like, why? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I like my favorite bit. This did date this episode. Like, we got dated a few episodes of the Game Boy when Meryl says, "Oh, I found Kabbalah." Now, I don't know if you know much about oh, Kabbalah, yes. but that was what the early yeah, yeah. to mid two thousands it religion that all the celebrities, you know, as soon as Madonna started doing it, everybody started doing it. So it was kind of like, let's date this episode by mentioning a religion that nobody gives a shit about anymore and doesn't wear the red string anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I think that's that's really good, um, <laughs> and I, I just love that, like you know, the look on Christian's face, like he never looks at a woman the way he looks at that car. Yeah. <laughs> And again, it's only a Lamborghini. If that was a Ferrari, I'd be looking at it the same way. But yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's an okay looking car. I mean, I wouldn't say no, but I'll be honest. I'd rather Kimba than the car. If it was a Ferrari, I might question that. But it's a Lamborghini, so yeah, yeah. So then we go into the scene with Matt and, and um, Sean, and you know, there's a lot going on here. Um, and obviously, you know, like Sean kind of just trips over himself into admitting he's having an affair and, and you know Matt obviously is you know doesn't take this well at all and um, you know this all could have been avoided if, if Sean's actually paying attention to his son I guess is probably the subtext of, of this whole exchange but it's a really interesting thing and I you know it's, it's really funny looking back at the scene when you think about where the show goes in the next six seasons that you know such a big deal is made out of this it's like eh soon enough you're all going to be doing things that are <laughs> ten times worse so, yeah, it's it's interesting, and it's again, it's kind of that classic trope, isn't it? Of like, oh, one person thinks you're talking about another thing, which leads them to accidentally reveal something else, which isn't what the other person was talking about. But the one thing that I get out of this, and it's kind of like it was so interesting how last episode we talked about Christian's background and how that played a a real part into his character. And again, it's not overused; it's used when it needs to be. The one thing I don't know about you that if you ever found like Sean's background is not touched on that much. Like, we get this throwaway line of Matt saying, like, your dad left, you know, your mum, you know, and it's kind of like we heard that, I think, a few episodes ago where Sean said about, like, oh, I didn't want to be like my asshole father. I think there's only one real plot line involved with um, Sean where later on we find out about his childhood and, you know, what was sort of led to something involved with a future character as well. But it's it's something that I feel is not touched upon as much as Christian's background is. I don't know if you ever find that, but I don't know. It's kind of just an interesting throwaway line that, you know, realistically doesn't ever get used that much. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's I think it's a really good point there that you, you never really find out too much about him. And it's interesting that they put so much time into Christian. I mean, I don't know, you know, we're kind of nine episodes into this now and, and you start to feel that, you know, Christian's the real star of this thing, and you know I actually have a real soft spot for Sean. Oh, yeah. it, I'm, you know, it's obviously much more relatable, um, but you know I think that they probably go out of their way to explain why Christian does the things he does, and that's probably because you need that. Otherwise, you would start to really turn on him because he is such an asshole. Whereas Sean, you don't need that as much from him. Yeah, and look, I agree. Like it's kind of it's, it's yeah. I with Sean, it's again like I'd never dislike Sean, and I find myself on every rewatch liking Sean and. Look, as much as we say Christian's complex, like we've got a Sean's complex, we're learning this a lot as we kind of analyze this more. And it's kind of, 
you know, if you look at Sean's journey, I guess, kind of along what he does and kind of what we've talked about the whole, a lot of the times it's almost like parallel to each other. Like, you know, Christian becomes a Sean and Sean becomes a Christian. And you'd probably almost argue that if they, if you say like who turned into more the other, more of the other character, I think Sean turns more into Christian over the years than Christian ever turns into Sean. Cause I think Christian's yeah, got that Sean great. about him. Like it's, it's not like that's not part of him. Like, and it's not really that, hard for him to become sean whereas you know we've seen early on chris sean's a bit of a prude like sean's this sean's that but like you know a couple of seasons time sean is, is every much as you know out there as christian is in a lot of the things he does so and that's kind of what's interesting about sean over the years and you know kind of maybe that we undersell the complexities of his character as well yeah i think so and i, I think um you know, one of the things that you kind of really get is, you know, I don't think it's too much of a spoiler to say that, you know, the start of season two is really about Sean kind of having a midlife crisis. You know, the yeah. whole thing starts with his 40th birthday and all that kind of stuff. And I think we're probably just setting the table for that. You know, it's it's about, you know, you really want Sean to be this character that you can relate to at this point. And you know, I think in this first season, it's about having fun with with Christian and kind of building more of a, a long-term story for Sean. Um, yeah, so, I mean, going forwards, I mean, it's a really emotional scene and it's a good scene. And um, I, I love how Nip Tuck seems to do this a lot, that you cut from this really, you know, moving scene into, like, something that's just, like, you know, just so crazy. And I just love the scene where Kimber wakes up next to Meryl, you know, they're like, good morning, you know. It's just, like, it's so, it's so funny. Yeah, and I, I love kind of... Um you know, this is Meryl's kind of won at this point. Meryl's got what he's wanted, so he doesn't need to be this sort of. I'm not that he's really been charming, but kind of this, I guess, friend in need. You know, to play the, you know, help the poor damsel in distress. He's basically he's turned off that card now, hasn't he? He's basically back to being asshole Meryl. You know, like didn't sleep at all. You just snored, um, and just like all this kind of stuff. And um, you know, it's it's kind of interesting how he goes to that and just this cockiness that Meryl has, but then he kind of gets shut down. What does Kimber say? Like, you're a four. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah, and then and then he just goes for broke and tells her about the whole deal, and you know, and that's that's really the end of it, you know. And I I think that just kind of breaks her. Really, there's kind of no no coming back from that after that. That you know, she's in a no-win situation. She doesn't want to be with with Meryl, but she's not interested in Christian anymore, you know? Yeah, and it's, again, that naivety of, of Kimber and kind of just the... I mean, it's, it's just almost a sweet innocence to just how she is in these situations, isn't she? And it's like, you know, it's, it, you you got to admit someone like Kimber and just, you know, we see it a lot. She's with a different man basically every single time she comes into it. But, um, you know, we know that underlying there, it's always about Christian, you know, and it's kind of like same with Christian, isn't it? Like, ultimately, it's always underlying. It's always Kimber. You know, it's, 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 I, I mean, I would argue even more, like, I know kind of there's meant to be this whole thing of, like, Christian and Julia, but I would argue the whole, the whole series run, it's more Christian and Kimber than it is Christian and Julia. Because I think the Christian-Julia thing comes and goes and kind of, it's, it's, I don't know. You have scenes with Christian and Julia that's not always about the sexual chemistry. You never genuinely have, even when in future seasons Christian and Kimber are semi-fighting, I still feel there's always a bit of sexual chemistry with them. Um, so, yeah, it's... it's but like, yeah, you, you, I, I feel, yeah, I feel like the, the Christian-Julia stuff is kind of just hanging up on what could have been, you know, and it's yeah. like that whole unanswered question of, you know, had she gone with him, what her life would look like, and... You know, we obviously we get a really cool episode that kind of delves into that a little bit. But um, you know, I think that there's 
there's definitely more about the whole Christian Kimber thing than there is the Christian Julia thing. I mean, Julia, for, for better, for worse, is kind of, you know, is tied to Sean's story a lot more than she's tied to Christian's story. And, you know, it just th- things obviously change. And, you know, but I think ultimately if you're going to put, you know, if you're going to put Julia into one corner, she's going to be in Sean's corner in terms of the storytelling at least. Yeah, completely agree. And but, um, it's, it's, I think what's to come with Kimba, and I guess it goes back to what we say at the beginning of this episode, if there's one thing to really take out of this episode, like the main thing I would argue, it would be what happens with Kimba and how her character develops and what we're about to see. Um, and... Like, look, let's give props to uh, to Kelly Carlson for how she handles this episode. You know, we, we gave lots of props to Julian McMahon last episode, but, you know, she's got to put on a lot this episode, doesn't she, Kelly? Like, you know, she starts off kind of being this, you know, dumb blonde almost at the beginning to what she ultimately becomes at the end, you know? So it's, it's a strong performance by her in this episode. And again, you know, one of these obscure actors who has gone on to nothing and, I like to question why, because she's a great actress, is Kelly Carlson, and a gorgeous actress, and I just don't see why that has never translated into bigger and better things than Nip Tuck. Not that Nip Tuck wasn't a bigger and better thing, but, you know, you would assume that that would lead her to ultimately other things. Yeah, it's it's very bizarre to me, and obviously this is going to be a question we're going to come back to over and over again, is how did this... You know, how did this happen? It's really quite strange. But, you know, I don't, I, you know, we, we have to carry on. And, and, Ben, I've got some shocking news to reveal to you. No. This this isn't a Kiwi accent. Uh. Actually, no, it is, because I can't, I can't even put on another accent. But, um, Could you do an you American know, accent? This. I don't know how you'd sound with an American accent. No, I, I can't. I don't do accents. Uh. I do them very badly. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, this whole, this r- big reveal that Jude has not uh. been speaking... You know, it's been an American accent, and um, <laughs> what? Well, where do you even go with this? And let's just point out: we get a scene where we've got two actors who are both English in real life putting on American accents, and I just want to point out: Philip Reese, stick to your British accent because at least Jolly Richardson's is believable for the most part. Yours is terrible. Like, that is terrible, terrible, terrible when he puts on that America. He's like, I'm not really British. I'm I'm from yeah. New Hampshire. Like, it's just kind of, like, yeah. overbearingly bad. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's awful. It's it's really awful, yeah. And can I just... The, the yeah. biggest question mark I have about this, and again, maybe I read into too much. Let's imagine the setup here. They're both sitting at the table. Like, so Julia's called him up. Hey, come over. They've come inside. At what point have they sat down and just not talked to each other for him to all of a sudden be like, you haven't returned my calls, to Julie being like, no, I don't want to return your calls, because she has that graspy thing when she gets angry. But, like, it's like, wouldn't she just do this, like, as soon as he walks in the door? Like, why do we need this setup of them sitting in silence for how long at this point? There's a lot of this, and it's like it's funny that you know I'm, I know that you're a big Star Wars fan, and one of the things that really annoys me about you know the prequels, especially Episode Three, is that I don't know if you you know you notice this, but you know obviously there's like a big dramatic scene, and it kind of like switches, and you see them like sitting on a couch and not saying anything, and it's almost like George Lucas might as well say action because you know <laughs> it it starts before the scene kind of starts, yeah, and. This Nip Tuck's obviously one of these shows that you know they sit down for dinner and like set the whole scene out without you being there for it, and then it starts. It's kind of weird. 
Um, and then, of course, you get the old the old uh, Julia head shake when she gets angry, which, you know, she does this kind of shaky thing when she's, when she's really pissed off. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. And we get that, I do have feelings for you, like in this terrible American accent. Yeah. I do, I do, I have yeah, to say I props to, uh, to Jolly, I do have her line, get out, Jude, you can't afford me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's, um, I'd love to say this is the last we're going to see a Jude. Well, it's, look, the only times we get to see him moving forward now is like a brief little glimmer, don't we, in that episode you sort of mentioned about. It's, it's almost like that alternate future episode. And I think we then ultimately get him come back. Look, I'm not going to say how, because that would just spoil something completely. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> he's kind of just thrown away from this point. Like, I, I kind of feel his next two appearances, I think he's only, yeah, two more appearances from what I can see here. And they're very much throwaway. It's kind of like one of those, like, oh, I remember him moments when he comes back into it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm glad that we've got the bulk of that horrible character behind us now, which is really good. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, Jude. Don't want to see you again. Hey, Jude. Fuck off right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, we're going into our, our, um, basically like our, well, it's not our last scene, but it's kind of like... I always forget that there's more after the scene, because it feels like this should be where the episode ends, and it's not. And, you know, it's this whole thing of, you know, Christian comes home, and, and what is he thinking, letting this chick... I mean, he, you know, he, he's got to have some suspicions that she's not all there mentally. But I think probably this goes back to what we, we said at the start, that, you know, he just sees her as this dumb blonde, and... You know, he lets her kind of tie him up and and you know get out the toys and all that kind of thing, and and it all goes horribly wrong because you know she suddenly flips switch and you know she's wanting to cut him up and yeah, I mean, how serious do you think this was? Do you think that she would actually have gone, you know, actually done something to him, or is it all just a scare? Him, do you think? Well, I ultimately think too, just on what you were saying about like you know he he believes. I think it's also the fact that as the viewers, we believe she's not going to do anything. Like, at what point have we ever, you know? I guess we sort of know she's done the whole spray painting of the car thing because we saw that one throwaway scene with her with a can, but it's kind of quickly forgotten yeah. about it. Um, so like, I, I would even argue as a viewer, we don't expect her to go this far. But um, I think, yeah, I think she would, I, at that point, you know, she kind of says it, doesn't she? Like, what does Christian say? Like, oh, you'll go to jail. And it's like, you know, your career will be over. And he's, she's like, I'm pushing 30. My career is over. Like, she, you know, she's so in love with him. And, you know, we get that, you know, the strong scene of like, why couldn't you just love me? And so at that point, I, I definitely think that she's willing to do whatever the fuck she wants. And it's kind of, it is that point when Christian is like, I've never loved anyone, where she's just kind of like, yeah, okay, you're dead inside. Fuck you. Um, so, like, I honestly think yeah. Christian kind of saves himself there. But, I mean, it kind of plays into, like, we're talking about, like, you know, Kimber being a bit naive. And that, like, let's be honest, when it comes to Christian, you know, I guess, like, a lot of men, you know, you and I, I guess, aren't completely innocent when it comes to this. When it comes to a beautiful woman wanting to bring toys and tie you up, we're always going to believe them. So... <laughs> Maybe that's just me. I'll, uh, I'll, You've gone quiet. There. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Awkward silence. I'm not sure about that one, but I, I do love this. I love the moment when the scene changes and she kind of like draws the knife, oh, yeah. and you see like he suddenly his whole expression changes, and he's like, "Oh my god!" Like this is this is actually a bit more serious than I thought. And you know, and obviously the the really cool callback to the pilot episode where she gets out the lipstick and starts, you know, oh yeah, marking marking him up, and it, it's really cool. Like they do this kind of callback and. I think it works really well, and um, as always, you know, Julian McMahon, 
sells the scene 100% as he always does. But even, even I, yeah, I think Kelly Carlson holds her own though in this scene as well. Like, you know, the why couldn't you love me? And even the bit where she's just like, God damn it, cry for me. You know, like, it's just, she just goes from zero to 100 in the space of a few seconds and that knife, like even sort of you see it on um, Christian's face, like, what are you doing with that knife? Like, even still, he's like, He's a bit scared, but he's like, well, this could be a bit kinky <laughs> until, you know, ultimately she cuts him. <laughs> so it's like, I love Christian's mindset. He's still not thinking like, fuck, like, okay, at that point, I'm shitting myself if somebody's got a knife. Even if Natalie Portman's standing over me with a knife, I'm shitting myself. <laughs> but like, Christian ultimately doesn't until, you know, she draws blood. But uh, it's, again, strong scene. And the music in the background kind of works well with it. Um, and then I love how she's, you know, like, he puts two and two together. This, you know, deep mystery of who's been trashing his car. Finally solved. Yeah, aren't we glad that got solved? But then I love, like, the way she's kind of like, oh, and by the way, I'm keeping the car. And then when she's, like, ultimately like, oh, you've got a maid that comes on Friday. And just, like, walks out and leaves. <laughs> Yeah, and I guess it's probably that that's probably a little bit of the giveaway that she wasn't serious about this because, you know, she's she's she knows that he the worst that's gonna happen is he's gonna be stuck there all night. Um and you know, if the maid was coming in the morning then she's probably not gonna like do something to him that, you know, the maid's gonna find it in the morning, I guess. And I, um Yeah. And I just wanna quickly chime in, I don't know if you've ever watched the uh the blooper reel that's on the, the D V D. Uh, it's on YouTube. If you haven't seen it, like just type in Nip Tuck Season 1 bloopers. This, I can never watch the scene. Like, again, I'm jumping ahead here, but like when we see him just tied in the bed and it pans out from him, I can never take that seriously because on the blooper reel, you kind of, you see that scene and then, um, Julian McMahon stares into the camera at one point and starts singing, always look on the bright side of life. <laughs> it's like, it's funny. That like, look funny. it up. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's good. Yeah, but, um, yeah, I don't really have much more to add on it. But, um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a great scene. And, um, yeah, it's kind of, at this point, I guess you're thinking, oh, well, that was Kimba's arc. But, hey, spoiler alert, definitely not the last we see of Kimba. No, no, definitely not. And, I mean, um, obviously we see, you know, one of the one of the last scenes of the episode is her, you know, a mirror opening the door to her in tears. And, you know, that's kind of, so we kind of leave her there for a little bit. And, um, yeah, we'll definitely be coming back to that. But um, might be the last the... we, actually, no, if I was already interrupted, I was going to say, is it the last we see of her this season? No, it's not. We do at least get one more appearance of her this season. Yeah, so we um we kind of go into like what what finishes off this episode, and it's you know Megan's back and and um you know who who cancer has unfortunately returned, and there's this whole thing of like what Sean gonna do, you know, is he gonna kind of just say, well, sorry, I can't be there for you because I've actually got a family, which is what she's expecting, and because he's been avoiding at that point clearly as well, because he's doing that for Matt, right? Like he's deliberately yeah, avoiding it, saying like it's over. Yeah, no, yeah, thanks for picking up on that because I've completely forgotten to, uh, to even talk about that. So, yeah, obviously he's been doing that and, um, you know, then he makes this promise at the end that he's going to be there for her and, you know, this is going to be going to be pretty tough for him and, you know, I think this really speaks to, to who Sean is, is that, you know, he gets himself into, into problems but he's generally not one to walk away from them and I guess that's probably something you see in Matt as well which is the kind of, you know, the thing with Kara is that, you know, these guys they don't just walk away from things, you know, they do kind of take a little bit of responsibility for what they're doing, which is not Christian's MO at all. Yeah. So it's, you know, really kind of moving scene. And obviously the next episode with, with Megan, we're going to get, get more into this, but, um, you know, I, I think this is really moving stuff for Sean. Yeah. And kind of like, what is, what is, um, 
she say about like, oh, you have everything to lose. And then he kind of is like, oh, it hasn't stopped me before. And, you know, I'm here. And yeah, like it's, it's kind of with the whole plot line there of like, he's avoiding her and you kind of hear all those calls and you think, oh, this is kind of douchey, Sean. But yeah, obviously he's calling her for, she's calling him for a reason. And I think kind of like a real sad aspect of that too, is it's, it's kind of basically returned essentially because she got the implants. Um, you know, it's, yeah, yeah. it's kind of, you're like, oh, you know, damn, like, it's uh, it's it's sort of it's very confronting with how that is, but um, yeah, like look, you know, not gelling over the stuff we're about to see, I, you know, closing this out, but um, you know, next episode really covers it. Um, but uh, I mean, I, I just want to say the way this closes out, good song, Tori Amos. It's called a, a sort of fairy tale. I looked that up, yeah. um, but it, it yeah, so did, so did I actually. So we we both covered off there this time. Big and, Tori Amos um, fans, we are. I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it actually is a. Yeah, I guess it's not my it's not my cup of tea. I've got to say, but I think it probably it fits the episode pretty nicely. And you you do like the little montage here, which kind of you know it, it kind of closes in on these three episodes, or these these three main storylines in this episode. I mean, obviously, before we get to that, we've we've got you know Sophia's obviously decided to go through with us, and um, you know she's she's having the gender reassignment surgery, so that's kind of the last beat of the episode before we go into this this little montage to finish it. But, um, you know, I think a really good job finishing the episode with with this really important montage of these three big stories that, you know, one of them we kind of, it feels like we're kind of closing out with the, with the Kimber stuff for now. And the other two are kind of the more ongoing stories that are going to propel us through the next couple of episodes. And I think one thing Nip Tuck doesn't necessarily rely on, it's not a show that I feel relies heavily on montages. You know, I mean, like, it's a, it's got a lot of music in it, but, I mean, it's it's kind of... We get a few here and there, and we get a very unique montage in Season 4, which... Um, I'm looking forward to that episode because I never used to be a fan of that montage. I don't know if you remember the whole lip-syncing montage we get, which I kind of used to annoy the shit out of me, but the more and more I watch that episode, I actually really like it. It's quirky and weird, but um, it's kind of interesting how they do a montage in that season. But, um, yeah, I find that when they do generally do a montage, Ryan Murphy likes to go a bit overboard with it, and that kind of works fun. This is just one of those unique standard TV drama montages that Nip Tuck doesn't rely on that heavily, but it's still, it's done well. It's it's not like a cheesy one. It's emotional, you know, like with Kimber arriving and Sean playing with his ring and just, you know, ending obviously Christian on the bed. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think probably, yeah, the the, the playing with the ring is probably the bit that, that is a little bit kind of in your face. Like, let's make this really obvious to the message we're going for here. But um, I think you kind of, it's kind of one of those things you almost need to do, really. You can't get away from not doing it. So, yeah, so I think that we've probably kind of, kind of covered the main beats of this episode really well. So, um, you know, let's go into our kind of wrapping up here. And, you know, for you, Ben, is this a buy or rent or is it a bin? Oh, look. I've never been close to a bin it yet. This would be the closest I am, but I'm not going to bin it. Um, I, it's a renter. Um, you know, there's fun stuff in it, and it's it's not a, you know, I, I'm really thinking bin it is going to be terrible, terrible. Like, I want to think of it as an episode I never want to see again. And I look at the top of my head going into this, I can only genuinely think of one episode that I probably would 100% put in that category. I'm sure that will change because, you know, there may be some in season six and sort of the second half of season five that I'm not necessarily that remembering on. 
But, um, you know, in these earlier seasons, there's only probably one episode I can purely say I, I'm pretty certain I'll bin it. But this one, as close as I say I've been to a bin it, I'm still going to rent it because, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's not an episode that we have to have, but it's still got elements in it that we kind of, you know, are important enough that are enjoyable and, you know, again, you know, pulling out some acting performances in there and everything too. But, um, yeah, I'm just going to rent this one. Yeah, it's funny that you you pretty much completely preempted what I was saying. Like when I finished watching this episode, I thought this isn't even in the discussion for buy. And it's the first time that I've been in that situation. Yeah. Like, I, I think, you know, like it's, and you know, I'm, I'm ultimately going to come down where you are as well. This is a rent. It's, it's your stock standard, um, nip tuck early season episode, you know, like it's got all the standard features that you'd expect in a, in a nip tuck episode without really getting anything that's explosive or really powerful, I don't think. And to me, it felt a little bit like a collection of scenes that they couldn't fit into the last couple of episodes, that they, they thought, we, we really want to show these, but we just haven't had room anywhere else. So let's almost do a bit of a you know a, a grab bag of different scenes. And it didn't feel like it kind of hung off any one big issue. So for me, it's a rent, um, but you know it's definitely not a bin. We're we're nowhere near that point yet, so it's going to stay as a bin for me. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it sort of moves forward. I mean, like, I I just say next. I really enjoy next episode. It's an emotional, very emotional episode, but um, it's it's also. Um, yeah, there's there's some fun stuff in the next episode, which is weird to think there's a very emotional episode, but um, yeah, I, I enjoy the next episode. I, I think that's one definitely that I almost feel kind of, and I will say at the point of recording this, I haven't actually rewatched it yet, but um, you know, I kind of feel that just remembering that episode for what it is, I, I definitely feel it's one that I almost automatically will buy it, but I mean, that can change. I'm just not preempting myself there, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, and I think probably what's really interesting about this is that coming into this, I... You know, if you'd said to me, you know, what's give me the kind of one, you know, one sentence synopsis of what season one is about, and it would have been the Escobar stuff. You know, to me, that was what I really remembered from the season, having not watched it for a while. And you know, it's it's really interesting that we're not we're still not even close to there. We're still a couple of episodes away from even getting into that stuff. But that really is just like, you know, the two kind of last episodes of the season. So. I really hadn't remembered all these like really foundational, you know, building this world and building these characters that this whole first season was really about. So it's, it's fascinating to go back and watch something that, you know, I'll be honest, I haven't watched for a, a very long time. And, you know, the preconceptions I had have kind of been blown out the window a little bit. Yeah, it's interesting because, I mean, look, if I kind of analyze you know my time in re-watching nip tuck over the years you know I've, I've seen season one and season two the most easily um and kind of like you know three three kind of falls into maybe sort of a half and half and when it comes to four five and six i've probably only re-watched them twice like, i often always like four and six are the two seasons that i'm always most surprised about what happens in them because i'm kind of like i genuinely forget a lot of what happens but you know, four to me, and again, I'm just jumping out all over the place here, but four is a very underrated season, and it's kind of, it's interesting how I feel about that one, but like with one and two, I, I feel I know these ones pretty well, like if you, you know, I feel like I'll almost cover these without having to rewatch them again, but I, I obviously do that because, you know, it makes us sound smart, and <laughs> plus I love Nip Tuck, so it's, um yeah, it's, it's kind of an interesting point though, like with the, the Escobar stuff that, yeah, you kind of do forget that he's sort of, he's there, and then he's not, and then he's there again, but, um, you know, it's kind of, yeah, it's the next episode, like, 
there's there's one scene in it that just like I'm not a big crier when it comes to TV and film, but uh, yeah, there's a scene in the next episode that it it hits me hard every time. So uh, it's going to be an interesting one to talk about. That's for sure. Yeah, no, totally. I'm I'm pretty sure I know what you're talking about there. So no, definitely looking forward to to going through that that episode. So um, I think that will uh, close us out for this one. So um, thanks very much for listening, and I hope you're enjoying our. Uh, retrospective here i'm really enjoying going back and, and watching something that i haven't seen for a long time and finding lots of new and interesting things about it so um thank you very much for for tuning in and uh, look forward to coming back with uh, episode 10 for you really soon so nick uh, i'm nick and uh, ben we're both going to hell for this and uh my name is ben and uh, nick you are the neediest chick i nearly dated thank you for listening to the oz network don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week for more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.